All right. So is it death, taxes, and Jared Bednar not getting love? Are we having history repeating itself? Or should we prepare again for us Avalanche fans with our head coach not getting the love? As much as the Avalanche are decimated, should we prep ourselves once again for the best head coach in the league to not get the love? We'll talk about that. Uh, some fun questions that were asked over on The Athletic about rule changes and the Avalanche in Vancouver Canucks will square off, so we'll prep for that. All that and so much more. New episode of Locked On Avalanche is coming at you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Or should it be the more things stay the same, the more things stay the same? Because the Avalanche, <laughs> once again, are going through a season of injuries. And, that you know, that's not uh, only specific to them. A lot of teams go through it, but it just seems like this is like year four or five in a row where the Avalanche do. Um, and Jared Bednar just seems to not get the love. So are we kind of in that realm again by the end of the year? Long way to go, but why not talk about it right now? Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. We are the Lockdown Avalanche podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. And uh, you can follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Question, comments, concern, opinions, Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Um, we'll start there, man. We'll start with Jared Bednar because, you know, you, you, I feel like he isn't getting talked about enough right now. And I, I kind of feel like he's not because this is the norm for the avalanche having so many injuries that they overcome. Once again, they are, they are keeping their heads more than above water. They're right on the heels of the Dallas stars and they have games in hand on them. So they're looking good. They're starting to play much more consistent hockey, much better hockey. And it's just like, like I said in the beginning, it's just you go through these things and it's just like, oh, ho-hum. It's just that's the way the Avalanche do things. And I think the more that this happens year after year, the more removed we get from really giving a lot of credit to Jared Bednar and how he coaches. And and you have and we'll talk about, you know, other coaches in the league in a minute, but I always feel like we have to come back to this and we shouldn't. We always have to come back to how good of a coach he is and he does what he's doing right now year. Yes. Players get the credit and they're the, the ones out on the ice, but the coaching staff has to get some credit too. And we always come back to this because I just feel like he doesn't get enough credit for as many injuries as the avalanche have year after year. He keeps this team relevant. We addressed this last year when he did not get coach of the year for the team that he put together to go all the way to the Stanley Cup. And we mentioned if the Avalanche win the Cup, this is going to be expected from now on, and he's never going to get coach of the year because this is what the Avalanche are supposed to do. Hmm. But we completely forgot that he built this team from 47, 48 points, beat like the incremental steps every year, wasn't good enough to get coach of the year. Now... Injury depleted team. It doesn't matter. You still have Nathan McKinnon. You still have Kale McCarr. You're supposed to be winning every game. Right. This is what the Avalanche are supposed to do. It's not a coach of the year job. This is what the Avalanche should do. And 
I feel bad for Bednar because this is going to be his narrative for the rest of his life. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we it seems like we've gotten past the part where we're going to give him as much credit as he deserves in an award, like the, the, the top award for a head coach in your sport. Because all of those like milestones that we've passed, he hasn't gotten the the recognition for it. In the fan base he has, mm-hmm. in the franchise he has, and maybe that's more important in the long run. It probably is more important in the long run because you have job stability right now if you're Jared Bednar. And an award is just that. It's just an award. But when and some people who are probably listening to this right now don't care about awards. I I kind of do. Because they they they, they at the when it, when a person just hangs them up, whether they're behind the bench or on the ice, you look back on it and you take all of that into account. Sure, mm-hmm. you take in points, assists, goals, stats, all of that, and you also take in Stanley Cup championships, awards, All Star games. It's all encompassing. And for a coach, you know, if you want to go down as like one of the best in history, and we're not there with Jared Bettner. I'm not trying to claim he is, but what like what could he possibly do right now? for the writers of of hockey to really give him and and say like oh this what he's done this year is better than anything he's done already i don't know how we get there and and it's it was kind of laughable that he didn't get it in his second full season when he turned them around and made them a playoff team simply because we had a vegas golden knights uh expansion team who i mean yeah you had an expansion team and they went to the stanley cup final when you look back at that, though, you're like, man, that 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 was really geared towards them having a really good team if they wanted it, and they did. Fine, give them credit. But I think it was a little bit skewed because they just had that title of expansion team, and they went that far, which no expansion team is expected to do. So, you know, y- y- they give it to Drug Glut. So it's just all along the way, there's just all these other things that kind of got in the way of Jared Bednar getting – the recognition of best coach in the league. And I think you're right. I think we're, we're beyond uh, him being able to do anything where, where people are going to be like, Oh wow, he hasn't done that before. He should get coach of the year. It, it, I, I would, you know, as you know, it's still early, but the job he's doing right now, and you just look at the laundry list of players again, that they're missing. And he's gone. He's taken this group of guys this this exact group of guys, not not you didn't have the players that are now injured earlier, maybe with except for the Nachuskin. I'm thinking more of like Gabe Landeskog. Yeah, and then worked out of it. He had the team that you're looking at right now for a while, and he has turned them around, so to speak, and has got them playing excellent hockey. He it's going to be like this is an award given from the outside looking in. Um, when it comes to Avalanche fans, we always look at the lineups, we critique the lineups. But he's made these lineups work. Um, you're yeah. not – if you see the Avalanche win, you see the box score, you're like, well, Kale McCarr got a goal. Nathan McKinnon was there. They're doing what they're supposed to. Miko Rantanen, what a start. That's all they talk about. They don't look at the depth. They don't. They see the goalie play is stellar. You have two goalies in the top ten. That's all they're going to see. They're not going to see what Bednar is putting in intermission to intermission these lineups right. how they're put together they're not looking at any of that they're just seeing well nathan mckinnon's doing great stuff kale mccarr fastest to 200 points wow that's incredible i can't wait to have him on my team <laughs> what can we do with a player like that it's never going to be bednar it's the 
the players that he coaches. They're going to get have, all the credit. Yeah, you're going to have the people saying, like, I could coach that team. Yep. You know, you got Kale McCarr, you got Miko Ranton, and you got Landis Cog when he's there. You, you know, Nathan McKinnon, I could coach that. It's like back in the day with, with uh, running backs in the Broncos. Yeah. Like, I, I could be behind that offensive line. I could run behind the Broncos. No, you couldn't. <laughs> it's fun to say that, but no, you couldn't. And we There's had that the, same top line in that terrible, terrible year um, where yeah. Bednar took over. So yeah. it's, I don't know why they're super incredible now and could win every game when they couldn't before when Bednar yeah. took over. All right. So let's just say today they come out with the three finalists for you know the coach of the year, uh, and the, the way that things are are going right now in the league, like you're just looking at the top of the standings, and you're going to put Lindy Ruff in there mm-hmm. because I don't think anybody really expected the. I mean, people thought the Devils would be improved, but mm-hmm. they have a 13, 14 game winning streak, whatever they have. <clears throat> Nobody really saw that. He would probably be be in there. Um, I think you're going to have Cassidy yep. in there from Vegas because they got off to a, a much better start than, than people expected to. And you're definitely going to have Jim Montgomery in there mm-hmm. from the Bruins. All three guys that are deserving. I'm not saying that they don't deserve it. But if you just, you know, because the way that the season is right now, if you were to, to kind of have those three finalists, Jared Benner would probably be out again on the outside looking in. And, and the three guys that you would pick, those, those at least be my three picks, are based on standings yeah. and that, and that's completely fine like th- that's kind of what you do but to not take into account how this avalanche team has just been crushed with injuries and the job that Jared Bednar is doing in in working with that uh if he's not in the top 3 it, he's got to be number 4 if you ask me I have a feeling that if you keep tracking that list down, keep going to number four, number five, John Cooper is going to be above Bednar still. Just because he's John Cooper. And and why why does John Cooper get that all of that like love and adoration? Because he keeps winning and winning and winning. But on this side, on yeah. Jared Bednar's side, it uh, it's not. that's just how it's going to shake out. It's always going to be um even if the Avalanche get two and two. Two cups in three years. Mm-hmm. Cooper's always going to be right there. And he's always going to have that little bit of an edge because mm-hmm. can you believe he took this lightning team to two Stanley Cups? But when it comes to the Avalanche, I mean, come on, look at this team and the makeup of this team. They should be winning three. Why do they skip a year? It's it's never, ever going to be the coaching kind of job of Bednar. It's going to be the talent that he has. Yeah, it's kind of unfair. But we'll see. I mean, obviously a long way to go. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll they'll take that into account at the end of the year if the avalanche are high up in the standings like wow like look what they did early in the year when they didn't have these guys they got them all back and they just continued to play well i'm not holding my breath at this stage in the game but i feel sorry for you bednar i know i know we'll give them an award every year um all right let's hear from athletic greens and then a really fun article over in the athletic where they have a uh, a rules court where people can write in and kind of uh want to throw out new rules that they want to see in the NHL. So we'll go through them because they're kind of fun. Yep. Um, some are are good. Some are – well, one in particular is absolutely hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and we'll say if, if we like these or not. But first, we're going to hear from Athletic Greens. And, uh, so yeah, like I said, this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. It's a product that Kyle and I have been using for quite some time now. And what is it? It's one delicious scoop 
in your morning water and you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, focus, and your aging. All of the important things. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues, ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover that cost him over $100 a day. And this costs you less than $3 a day. And if you're investing in your health, it is well, well worth it. So right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. And that is it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Once again, it's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so you have a smile on your face. I, I was not looking at you because I had an ad read up. So You'll figure it out when you watch the episode. Yeah, I'm assuming you had a coffee can in your hand. <laughs> you betcha. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right, so, yeah, let's uh, get into these these rules. Like I said, it's a fun article over on The Athletic. A lot of people might not subscribe to Athletic because Athletic, it can get a little pricey. But I did see Peter Ball, who writes for them, put up, and they do this. I'm not surprised they're doing it now. Uh, around you know Black Friday and stuff like that, they have a deal right now where it's it's a dollar a month. So for for twelve bucks, you can get a full year of it, and they don't pay us to do that. I'm just no. telling. Yeah. Because um, normally it can be like seventy five dollars for the year. Um, it's a I, I love the athletic. We talk about the athletic a lot here. I, yeah. I, I absolutely love them. So um, what they have is a, a like I said, they have a, a rules court, and there's an email that you can send rules, and every once in a while. They get a collection of them, put them out there, and three writers kind of go through them, talk about them, and say if they would want to adapt this to the NHL or not. So we'll go through them, read them to you. I won't read what the uh, writers say, but we'll just kind of give our take on if we like this or if we don't like it. So, um, all right. Here we go. So the first one, um, this is from Chuck F. Says the the way the current system for points and standings is set up doesn't make any sense from a fairness perspective or a mathematical perspective. Instead of two points for some games and three points for the others, points should be set up as follows. An outright win in regulation, three points. If you win in overtime or the shootout, two points. If you lose in an overtime or a shootout, you get one point. And an outright loss in regulation, you get zero points. So in this, uh, you know, so he goes on to say, in addition, giving out three points for every game, it rewards a win in regulation. Um, it gives everyone at least one point for getting into overtime and it rewards the team that wins with the extra point. Um, I dig this. Thousand percent. I really do. I think this is a really good idea. I think, you know, look at, look at, just look at what the Avalanche and the Stars did the other day. You know, when you're trying to catch teams, that's why it's so difficult to just kind of ascend through the standings when you start playing well. Because a handful of those games, if you're starting, if you're on a, on a good kick and having a good stretch of games, a, a handful of those games are going to go into overtime. Yep. And even if you win those, you only gain one point on a specific team like the Avalanche just did with the Stars. Yeah, it's a point and you won the game, makes you feel good. Um, but there, there should be a little bit more 
wait, especially like he says in regulation, to a regulation win to get, you know, three points. That would I, – I, I'm all for this one, if you ask me. I think this is something that is long overdue, and the NHL needs this. The, well, the, <clears throat> the one thing the guy says in here is he's concerned about, um, you know, like record – <clears throat> records and stuff like that. I don't really think that matters. We used to tie games. That. Like records, like right. preserving the history of a record. We used to have ties, straight up ties. It was a four digit record. Yeah, so, that was horrible. That was horrible when you had that <laughs> 11, 2, 4, and 1 yep, nope. records. Um, but, you know, teams or sports change stuff all. Look at what the NFL did. They added a whole nother week yep. of the schedule. That's huge when it comes to stats. But you put that in the record books. Say so this is when we we changed uh, you know point system, and if a team has 160 points, it wasn't when we had our normal two point system. Yeah, yeah, I I, I absolutely I, I we got to get past that. We got to get past the record purist standpoint because we've already we've already got rid of the ties yeah. and that aspect of the record. So just keep going. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from <clears throat> Adam F or excuse me, Adam M teams are allowed to go over the cap, but for each million over the cap, they have a point deduction. So you can have a team built, uh, have a team build a monster roster for each million over the cap. They lose a point. Imagine if a team goes $20 million over the cap, they start the season at minus 20 and just sneak into the playoffs as the second wild card, but then steamroll everyone to win the cup. Uh, it's interesting. Never going to happen. Uh, but it th- like it, that's a fun thing to kind of do. Like, just imagine that, though. And what he's saying is you're like to see like the regular season would be a lot more interesting. Not that it's not, but yeah. to see <laughs> those teams, if, if they start minus 20. OK, can they can they just. Continue, they have to have a great regular season to overcome that. And then, yeah, if they get into the playoffs, it's over. But for them to get to the playoffs is a challenge. That's interesting. I mean, put it in current Colorado Avalanche standards. Like, should we gamble to replace Landeskog and Nachushkin for this little bit? Should we there you dock go. a point or two? Yeah. Like, it'll put us back in standings, but we can make that up, right? Like, that, it puts a whole new... So, and I didn't even think about that. So, like, what, what, about in, in the middle of the season. Yeah. Like, you, you you are where you are in the standings. And say, you know, you go get, like, Jonathan Daves and have to spend $10 million, And you go $10 million over the cap. You lose 10 points right but off could, the bat. Yeah. Can we make that up with what we're about to go through the wow. next two or three weeks? Like, that wow. puts a whole new viewpoint on how you um, scout talent. So, it, it, I and, think and, that's interesting. Wow. It's interesting, like that, that. That I can't imagine that would ever happen. No, but it's interesting. It, it'd be a fun little twist on uh, before the season started and during the regular season too. Wow, interesting. So um, I, I should tell you what. What the, I won't read what the the writers say, but they do say if they would adopt this or not. So in the first one with the the scoring, the three, two, and one, all three of them said yes to that. For this one with the salary cap, um, all three said no to that. Um, This one's from Scott M. Hand passes above the ice should be legal. Puck flying through the air and you bat it to a teammate. Why not? 
Don't want to see hands along the ice getting whacked at, but I think steering a puck in the air to a teammate without closing your hand on it is rather skillful. So let them do it. And two out of the three said they they like this. I'm going to I'm I disagree with this. Like it sounds adorable until that becomes a part of the game, and then mm-hmm. people are going to start going after hands with sticks, so they're not doing this. And then you're breaking hands, or you're breaking fingers, and then you're batting stuff out of the air that's getting in faces. It's cute, it's adorable, but there's a lot of injuries that are. There's a reason why that rule's in place, and it's for things like this. For injuries and stuff, yeah, I get it, and and I I don't I wouldn't want to see the sport become that because that become like, I guess not like a predominant play, but one that like right now it happens like on accident almost and it's i want to say like if it happens on accident just let it go but once you make it a rule players will try to utilize it more and i don't like that like the game is played uh with a stick and a puck and skates and it's it's like soccer you know in soccer you you can use your head but you have to use your feet you can't use your hand so i don't know like i I don't i don't have to get towards the net with intent to be a pass and not a shot I already see yeah. it now. Forget it. Yeah. Um, and the one guy who does say, he goes, I think it's ridiculous. You're currently allowed to make a hand pass in the defensive zone, but not in the offensive zone. He's right there. Yeah. That's, that doesn't make any sense. I, I agree with it too. Um, so I, I I don't know. Like it's it's one of those that's, I would say I'm not, I, I could see either side of it, but I'm more of the, no, I don't want to get into this just batting a puck all over the Harlem the Globetrotters ice. up the yeah. ice. Forget about it. Yeah, I just I just don't like it. I, I, the, the look of it, I think, is more. Uh, I like the, the puck needs to be on the ice. That's where we play it. Um, this is Aiden. Instead of being allowed to select their best, this is an interesting one. <clears throat> Instead of being allowed to select their best shooters for every shootout, each team must submit a lineup at the beginning of the season that contains everyone in their NHL roster, goalies included, which is a little ridiculous. It can be in whatever order they want and new call-ups or in-season acquisitions go at the end of the lineup. If a player isn't in the lineup on the night or his turn comes up, he gets skipped. If you go to a shootout on a given night, your first shooter is whoever was quote unquote on deck when the last shootout ended. So if shooter number eight was the last one to shoot in the last shootout, your order for the night starts at number nine and goes from there. And the list must be made public. Um, this this idea in theory would force teams who have otherwise shown that they only really trust five or six players to take shootout attempts to weigh the likelihood of shooters that have uh, they have coming up in order on a given night being able to win a shootout and force teams to push harder in overtime to try and avoid it if they got two bottom of the lineup players and a goalie coming up. Um, he does admit that this is a little bit silly, but the more unpredictability and players put in uncomfortable positions would make the shootout more watchable. Um, first of all, get rid of the goalies. I, that that's just stupid. Yep. Um, but other than that, that's kind of cool. I wouldn't mind that because. And again, you can see both sides of it because it would put a little bit more weight on overtime, knowing that if you got player number, you know, 9, 10, 11 to start your shootout, you're going to try to win that thing. Right. Yeah. On the other hand, when you go to a shootout, players want to see 
Connor McDavid doing a shootout. They want to, you know, they want to see Zegras doing a shootout. So, but I kind of like this. I, this is kind of interesting. I can't believe I'm making this point. Mm-hmm. How bad would of a situation would it have been if we went into that shootout against Dallas and we had to yeah. rely on Martin Kaut, England, right? Guys that are trying to make the squad <laughs> lose the game and their shot at an NHL roster spot because of their performance in a shootout. Not on them, yeah. just how the cookie crumbles. I, but the thing is, like, shootouts have become just, like, kind of a, a, a kind of a joke anyway. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> they were fun, and I still like them. I still get some enjoyment out of them. But at, at that stage of the game, we're going to a shootout just because, like, everybody just wants the game to be over. If, um, if, and if that, we that, lose a game to Dallas because Ben Sagan and Robertson is out there and we have that's who yeah. we field and we lose the game after yeah. it was that incredible to, because of that rule, we are spending the next locked on avalanche complaining for 30 minutes about this rule is stupid. <laughs> I can't believe we endorsed it. Uh, it's interesting. It, uh, another one that I don't think is going to happen. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see that. I just I, I like these. I like when you talk about kind of just a different look. Expand your brain. And for the record, two out of the three said yes to this. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not gonna go into what they say, but um it's interesting. So uh here's a fantastic one. In the rare event that during a delayed penalty call, the referee decides to call an additional penalty on the offending team. They must stick the other arm up in the air, skating around like they signaled a good uh, field goal attempt in football. So you basically have referees with both hands up just skating around, which could be for some time if the team who's uh, you know taking the penalties can't get a hold of the puck to, to, to play dead. The silliness of this, of, of refs just skating around like that for maybe some period of time, had me laughing. I think that's great. I give no credence to the referees. They are my mortal enemy. So you're all for this. Yeah. <clears throat> and for the record, all three of the writers were definitely for it. Of course. <laughs> uh, two more to get to. Um, so the penalty shots. I like this one. The penalty shot in place of a penalty makes no sense. You're basically giving the player back to the advantage he originally had. There is no penalty for the offender. The proposal is that a player is given the penalty shot and if he does not score, there is a standard two-minute power play. That is something that I've been saying for quite some time. I don't like the the penalty shot in the middle of the game, and, and then it's just over if the offending team uh, or the team that you know was offended on doesn't get a goal there. We just go back to five on five. I don't like that. Yep. The penalty was made. You give them a shot. If they don't get it, I like his idea. That guy should still go to the penalty. So you're basically double dipping. You're double dipping if if you you are awarded a penalty shot, don't get it. That guy goes to the penalty box. This is the one on the list that I'm a, like a thousand percent approves in this to Batman now, but then I it's Batman. It's never gonna yeah. happen. But yeah, thousand percent approve. Um and I thought these the writers would like it. Two out of three said no. One was kind of like on the fence, and he made a good point. Um so he says another tweak he would do is if he feels like the offending player isn't justly penalty, maybe that player has to sit in the penalty box for two minutes after the penalty shot, but his team isn't shorthanded. 
it would be like when a player has a 10-minute misconduct. So that player's just removed for two minutes. I mean, it's two minutes. I don't really... Uh, that's I mean, basically nothing. I mean, that's basically him being shifted out. You yeah, get the next two lines. So I mean, right. it doesn't really Pretty make that much. big of a difference. Pretty much. Um, but the other one that the same guy who said that says, and, and maybe this is where we go with it: have the team decide if they want the penalty shot or the power play, because then strategy comes into play. Yeah. Because if if you're up and you want to kill some time. You 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 take the penalty. If you're down and you you maybe need a goal real quick, maybe you roll the dice and, and take the penalty shot so you can get a, a goal when no time comes off the clock. So there would be some strategy involved there. I like that idea, giving the the team to decide what they want to do. It's like kicking a field goal for three or going for it on fourth down for the touchdown. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. Or or uh, extra point or two point conversion yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that, that's an interesting one. And uh, this is the last one. Um, my suggestion, this is from Nate. My suggestion, rule amendment, is that there should be no technology on the bench or coach in contact with anyone outside the bench, uh, exceptions for concussion spotters and medical staff, during the game. The intention of this rule is to reduce the amount of time we spend after a goal waiting for a coach to decide whether or not they want to challenge the goal. Instead, we have one coach hold their hand up for the official, while another coach watches replay on an iPad and another coach stands there with his hand in the earpiece waiting to hear blah, 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 blah. You get the point. Um, if you think a play was offsides, the only resources you have in deciding whether or not to challenge are your instincts and the other uh, and the others on the bench. The two-minute minor for incorrect challenge has helped reduce that frequency of challenges. Hopefully, this would reduce them even further. Um, and two out of three agree with him on that. I don't. I, I don't feel like that's the most okay boomer question on this yeah, entire like list. That, that's someone I, I kind of just feel like it's someone who's just you know shouting at the clouds. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't feel like coaches take a long time no. to to get a review in. I, I genuinely don't feel that way. Even with what we dealt with with Cooper in the finals, like I still don't feel that way. No, and, and I, I like technology. I do too. <laughs> uh, you know, I like statistics. I like deep statistics. I, I like the you know that they can have the iPad on there and look at uh, plays in real time. Well, not in real time, but moments after in real time. Um, I, I'm for technology on the bench. I'm for more technology on the bench. I don't want to take it away. Put them in VR so, goggles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so what do you guys think? I'm sure that's going to throw up some, uh, a dust up in the comment section over on YouTube, but I thought those were kind of, kind of fun. So uh, fire away. And if there's any new ones that you guys have, throw those in the comments as well. Is there any rules that you don't like? Um, throw that, throw them in the comment. Let's us know what you guys think. Um, and finally, quickly, we're just going to talk about the, the Vancouver game that we have tonight, Thanksgiving Eve. When we finished yesterday's episode, um, Vancouver was losing. Yeah. And and you said, well, it looks like, you know, and they were losing to Vegas. So you figured Vegas would just hang on to that. And you, know, you made some comment like, yeah, well, they're probably going to be coming off a loss to Vegas. They did come off a loss to Vegas, but they played a very Vancouver-like game where they took the lead and they took a multiple goal lead and then blew it. And if I'm my memory serves me correctly, if I read, read it right this morning, I think it's the seventh time yeah. they've had a multiple goal lead and lost the game. Yeah. 
This team cannot – they're scoring goals. They can't keep a lead. So, man, like Avalanche fans, if they get down in this game, it is not over. No. <laughs> because, for multiple reasons. You you really value this matchup, especially with – and this is one of those you don't want to get caught looking forward. You don't want to get caught looking towards America Thanksgiving, Nashville, mm. Dallas. Focus on the game at hand, but this is perfect. What a perfect night for one of those classic seven-goal avalanche games. Right, and you can do it. Yes. Because these goalies are struggling. Yes. Let me tell you. Um, How many? Let me see. Yeah, they've got 66 goals on the season, Um, which isn't horrible. (laughs) That's, That's pretty good. They've given up 76. So that's their issue. Um, you, you can score on these guys, clearly. Uh, but they have some offensive, you know, firepower. So, yeah, you got you to be on your toes for them. And, yeah, um, the, the, the goaltending is atrocious right now. Um, let me see. Spencer Martin is at .898. Thatcher Demko is at .883. Martin's giving up three, basically three point five goals a game, while Demko is giving up three point eight seven a game. How we our our goalie tandem is just knocking it out of the park. These guys are are struggling mightily. So I, I don't feel like this is going to be a letdown game. You just had a great road trip. Uh, two out of those three teams are playing very well in Carolina and Dallas, and you beat. All three of them, you throw Washington in that mix. So you're finally going home, front of the home crowd. You're not going to have a letdown. You you, you know that you got you got to go out there and and just start flying right off the bat. And Ball Arena's going to be rocking. Everybody's oh family's God. in for Thanksgiving. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> watch the game. Go eat a ton of food the next day. You know it's going to be a great atmosphere. You've got to capitalize on this. Yep, absolutely. It, this this better be. I'm not just saying I hope. I, this better be a seven to eight goal classic <laughs> oh, avalanche game. Like man. it better be going into Thanksgiving. I want to talk to, with my family and friends. Can you believe we hung nine on the Canucks <laughs> and they fired Bordeaux? <laughs> he didn't even get to have Thanksgiving with the Canucks. Yeah. Like I mean, hey, you would you would you would think God like with with two goalies that are really struggling, almost giving up you know three and a half to four goals a game. Uh, average, and you have a, an avalanche team, even with how decimated they are with a lot of their scoring power, they're still putting up some pretty good numbers goal wise. That they could get at least five. You have to feel that way. I want either them. seven goals or Frankie Man. to get his shutout. Well, is Frankie the one that's, that's going to be in net? You had Yorgiev go through a shootout all the way through. Yeah, well, I want to see because sometimes they'll have. And I think I mean, the NHL app even has Frankie listed as goaltender slotted. Well, I, I go through uh, the score app, and, and on here, anyway, they have Georgiev, but that, that doesn't mean anything. So Those are my oh, two oh, criteria oh, to enjoy Thanksgiving and be thankful. If not, I'm not going to be thankful, and the holiday is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin Shaggy's holiday, Colorado <laughs> Avalanche. Don't do it. All right uh that'll wrap it up for today yeah we'll be back tomorrow or we'll we'll have a a a thanksgiving episode we probably won't have an episode on uh friday but because there is a game thanksgiving eve we'll talk about it and uh 
You can listen to the the Lockdown Avalanche before your uh, mashed potatoes and and do you call it stuffing or do you call it dressing? You know where I was born and raised. So it's what do dressing. they call? It? Do they call it something completely different down it's there? It's dressing. It's dressing. Yeah, that's it's stuffing where I'm from. So, uh, all right, but that is the first uh, bowl that I go for. I will say. Oh, that. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, everybody. So uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the uh, game between the Abs and the Canucks. And uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Check us out on our social media outlets for Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys Thanksgiving. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.